Hello, everyone. Welcome to Peace of Authenticity Podcast. I'm Aubrey. And I'm Jordan. And we are the Andersons. In 2020, the Lord really challenged us on starting our own podcast. And so we invite you to join us on the journey of following Jesus every day. So let's grow together and learn together. What's going on, everybody? Hey, guys. Welcome back. Welcome back to another awesome episode. I'm very excited for this one. Yeah. This one's going to be really good. This one's going to be good because it's fresh. It's it's fresh off the press. Yes. Like a brand new newspaper. <laughs> um, no. It's not even on paper. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, it's it's good though. So, okay, so just to just to recap, our last episode we is our New Year's, our our first our first podcast of mm-hmm. the of 2022 and um we we've been so amazed at, at some of the feedback that we've gotten mm-hmm. from people about things that that the Lord has been asking them to let go of yeah. or or words that the Lord has given them for 2022. It's amazing. So, if you missed that one, I want to encourage you to go back yeah, and listen sure. to it because it was good. And and maybe you know maybe you have listened to it and you're still trying to find out exactly what it is that you're supposed to leave behind or um, what what your word is for 2022. Don't get so caught up in the actions of it that you know you miss the whole point. The, mm-hmm. the point is to just get in that close connection with the Lord and let go of what is behind you mm-hmm. and and take up what God has before you. So this week we're going to be talking about something that just came out of and and I'm going to throw myself under the bus for a minute and um, just be like uh, in the, in the last couple of weeks or um, you know just just for a, a short period of time I was just at a place where I I really hit this streak of apathy um, mm. uh, like where. You know, I don't know. Maybe you've been there before, where it just it felt like even though you're reading the word, you're not getting as much out of it. Like there's nothing, there's nothing action coming out of, of anything. It doesn't feel like you're producing fruit in in a lot of areas of your life. And I'm trying to be fully transparent here, just because if if you're listening to this today and you're there right now, then I'm I'm glad that you're listening to this right now because. Um, I just want to say first and foremost, like if you're married or if you mm-hmm. plan to get married, um, you need to know right now that praying for your spouse is a must. It's it's incredible because here's the thing: the Lord might give you a revelation for your spouse mm-hmm. that that you won't even see coming or anything like that. And today's podcast is actually based on that very thing. So. Uh, and, and, and when I say, whenever I say um, I was dealing with apathy, I wouldn't necessarily say like I wasn't walking around being like, oh, poor pitiful me, you know, like what, I'm not doing anything with my life, you know, or anything. It was just kind of a place where I was in a little bit of confusion about what we were supposed to be doing, what God had called mm-hmm. me to do, why I haven't been able to use my giftings the, the, the way that I want to, right? There's a lot of eyes in that sentence. <laughs> and so um, I, I was just really at that place where the, I was just trying to figure it out, trying to figure it out. And in the meantime, um, my study time, my prayer time was taking a hit because I was allowing too many questions to take the forefront of my brain. Mm-hmm. So Jordan's praying for me one morning and I come in and, and, and just, you know, for a while I finally open up about 
this is what I'm going through. Because obviously you can tell when your, yeah. spou- when your yeah, spouse is working sure. through something, you can obviously tell that there's something going on. You just might not be able to put your finger on it. And so uh, I come in, I start talking to Jordan, blah, 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 this and this. And then she's like, wow, so I need to tell you something. I was praying for you this morning and the Lord took me to Revelation chapter 3. And of course, Jordan um, tries to like sugarcoat everything and make everything sound nicer because the section she, the Lord told her to tell me to go to, it's a punch in the gut. It, yeah. It's, it's right there, just mm, shot to the gut. And so she's like, well, you know, before you read it, you need to know, like, this is what the Lord told me to do. And then I went and read it and it's going to be tough, but just try to receive it however it comes. And, and so, um, I immediately went and grabbed my Bible and, and mm-hmm. I turned to Revelation chapter three and, you know, we're, we're finding ourselves right here and, and it's, it's toward the end and we're, we're going to start here in a minute in, in verse 14, Revelation chapter three, verse 14. But this literally came from a place of Jordan praying for me and asking the Lord to kind of help give me guidance and, and help me through this season of, of just kind of really being a little bit frustrated. Mm-hmm. And so putting you in context a little bit of Revelations 3. So Revelations 2 and 3, it's about the seven churches. Um, and so, you know, John is getting this revelation from the Lord and he's just writing it all down. And so there's seven churches that are actually um, talked about and um, talked to, you know, by Jesus, what they're what they're dealing with, what they're doing, um, you know, all these different things. And so this is the last church that's listed um, because I specifically heard the scripture, behold, I stand at the door knock. So of course, whenever I hear a scripture, I, I just Google real quick to find out where it is. And then I read the whole, I don't just take it like checks mix and just take that verse and be like, okay, this is the only thing it means because there's always a lot more um, meaning. And so it, yeah, it was found in uh, Revelations 3 verses 14 through 22. And when I, when I read it, I was like, Youch. This is the lukewarm church. <laughs> and so, <laughs> you know, the whole spit the out of my mouth sort of situation. And so um, I want to tell you a little bit about the church that it's talking about, the historical context of this church, which is pronounced Laodicea. For some reason, my brain. It's just not going to. So I'll just, I'll give you an old point. How about that? Well, yeah. All right. <laughs> no, I'm going to do it. Were you about to do it? <laughs> okay. So a little bit about this church is... Um, they're like this city is known for being rich most everybody everybody there was rich of course there were poor people i'm sure but like the city as a whole was a very rich city um they're very self-sufficient very independent there was actually one time um, i forgot the year but everything was demolished because of an earthquake 60 ad there you go and they didn't want any help from the how did you how did you word it the imperial imperial yes they were like no we got it we can do it we have the funds we have everything we'll do it ourselves so they were very self-sufficient they were also well known for the um an eye ointment that they used um to heal eyes it was a big deal back then i mean they they uh, wove beautiful fabric that was usually black which is interesting too with a little bit of what jesus says uh, which we'll read soon so and, and also another thing is that um the water source was a very interesting thing in that city because the water source was actually a ways out from the city. So it, this city was actually pretty open for attacks. Like it was, it was, it, so they had to, you know, make amends with people <laughs> pretty, you know, or yeah. compromise certain things so that they weren't sieged because they wouldn't have water. They had to go out of the city to get the water to bring it back in. So that's a little bit about 
this church, just so you know, before we actually get into the reading. Yeah. Well, it said that if, if, uh, in, in the area of compromise, right, if, if there was a possible enemy that could rise up, that could come in and take over the city, that they would often appease their enemies yes. to keep them at bay. So, so they, they often compromised the, the stance that they were taking, you know, in, in fear of, of being taken over or whatever. And so that, that's a, that's a huge, it's a huge thing. It's, it was actually an aqueduct that, that came in from outside mm. the city. And so they could easily be captured and they knew it. And so they, yeah. they often compromised everything that they did to keep that from happening. But I wanted to start reading in, in verse 14 and, and just kind of walk through this together. And, um, as, as we, as we read through this section, I just hope that I pray that the Lord is going to reveal some things to, to everybody that's listening that maybe, um, there's some areas that you've compromised in or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so it starts out in verse 14 and it says, and to the angel of the church in Laodicea, write the words of the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. Verse 15, I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. I would that you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. For you say, I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing. Not realizing that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich and white garments so that you may clothe yourself and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen and salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. And I'm going to stop right there just for a second Mm -hmm. because when it talks about this, like Jesus is literally saying through John, right, to, to this church that you are neither hot or cold, Mm -hmm. but you, but you are lukewarm. And those are just, these are some of the strongest words in scripture that where Jesus says, I will spit you and some out of my translations mouth. say vomit, vomit you out of my mouth. Yeah, I don't know if any of you guys have ever had like the flu and you just had like this re- outrageous vomiting over and over again, but it's a very violent, like just you know, just out there. Mm-hmm. And so these are these are very strong words, but um, what we want to focus on is is just this first passage, just right. Yes. Right this moment. Um, Aubrey, can you go into the whole lukewarm in the water situation with um, that city? Yeah. Because I, I yeah. think that's really okay. good so, so in in Laodicea, right, we talked about the aqueduct a second ago. By the time the water came down, you know, through the, through the aqueduct into the city, um, Laodicea was known, was famously known for its lukewarm drinking water. Like it was nasty. It was mm-hmm. it was either hot or cold, right? It was lukewarm, and so I, I love how in Scripture Jesus will will take everyday things from the people that that we're experiencing and yeah. make it make it like rev, like revelatory to their walk with Him. People in Laodicea knew exactly what John was talking about yeah, when he yeah. revealed this word to him when he said lukewarm because they were famously known for that lukewarm water because by the time it went from the source into the town 
it was it was, it was no lukewarm. it wasn't cold it wasn't hot it was just nasty lukewarm and, and there's even other parallels too like Jesus talks about a certain eye salve that he wants to put on their eyes which yeah. they were famous for their eye salve that they made and also he talks about clothing them in white and they were very well known for their dark clothing that they used most yeah. most noble people wore the dark clothing because it was like a luxury kind of thing and so it was very interesting the different parallels but um I, yeah I want to talk a little bit on what what we might perceive as a lukewarm Christian, right? We hear that all the time. Lukewarm Christian, lukewarm Christian. And so I always used to think that if I was going through a season where I was just not feeling it, it was really hard to get in the word. You know, it was this, it was that. I felt like I was being a lukewarm Christian. And if I felt a certain way, if my emotions pointed me a certain way, it brought me shame if it wasn't towards Jesus, right? But I want to really show you guys because I used to be very um, filled with shame by the things that I felt and the emotions that I felt. Our emotions and our feelings, which I've said before and I'll say it again a hundred times, don't don't pay attention. Um, the only reason you should pay attention to a feeling and an emotion is pointing it to Jesus and asking Jesus why you feel a certain way, why a certain emotion has risen up, right? Hmm. So I want to say just because you're feeling a certain feeling or you're feeling a certain emotion, it doesn't mean that you're a lukewarm Christian because you know what? This is, it's a posture of the heart. So you really want to ask yourself where your heart is. Because even if you're not feeling it, but you got in the word and you got filled, that's amazing. Your heart posture was right. If you got in an argument with your spouse, you know, and you're angry, but mm-hmm. you decided to listen to the voice of the Lord and do what he asked you, do you apologize or whatever it is, your heart is in the right posture, you know? So I just I just wanna say, it doesn't always matter how you feel and it doesn't always matter by your emotions because we're not led by them, right? Uh, hopefully we're not led by them. Yeah, hopefully, yeah. that's the goal. And so Jesus ends up saying as well in what Aubrey read, he was talking about, can you read the gold part, Aubrey? Do you see it there? Yeah, so it says, uh, I counsel you in verse 18, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich. And then he goes into the white garments so that you may clothe yourself. Yeah, it's interesting that it says gold refined by fire because so many times it's it's actually, we've talked about it so many times, how we are refined by the Lord, you know? And so I want to take you a little bit into what that looks like whenever you refine gold so that it will be pure gold. So um, if you have a gold piece and you want it to be refined pure gold, right? You put it over a fire, like in some kind of like bowl thing that's flame proof. I don't know. But anyways, you put it over the fire and you let it melt. And once it gets to a certain degree of temperature and heat, it will be fully melted and the impurities will pop up, which I've talked about so many times because I always have this vision in my head whenever we talk about refined by fire. And you know what? The the blacksmith or whoever is refining the gold, right, will scoop up those impurities and put them away. And then it is pure gold because the impurities came up, right? And so that is the pure refined gold. And we are refined all the time I feel like you know in our lives because we're made of flesh and flesh is sinful flesh is you know it's all these different things and so we have to be you know mindful that we have to be refined all the time and that gold that Jesus is talking about we can't just like find it we can't just all of a sudden be like oh my gosh wow everything's great no we have to go through that refining process and what he's talking about is this church wasn't willing to do that They were at a place where they were lukewarm. And when you're lukewarm, 
you ain't gonna get hot. You gotta get real hot to be refined. Yeah. <laughs> and they weren't gonna do that. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I think it's I think it's interesting because a lot of times we we just take that and we're like, well, what is what does that really mean that you're neither hot nor cold? Um, and I think it's the difference between cold hearted, right? Like wanting, yes, yes, wanting nothing heart. at all to do with Jesus. Like, you know, so being so far from the Lord that your heart is cold and then hot could, could also be used. If you look it up in the Strong's concordance, it, it's, it's meaning fervent, like to, to be, to be fervent for the Lord, mm-hmm. you know, yes, to, yes. to be intentional, to exactly. be on fire. Intentional. That's what yeah. I was thinking. And, and so when, when we, when we think about this process and, and we're thinking about this over and over again, you know, hot, cold, lukewarm, this, this is the um, example that, that I found today that I was just like, man, I need to share this with everybody because it comes back to the, each one of these examples can be defined just like this. So in, in scripture, it tells us that as Jesus was hanging on the cross, he was hung beside two thieves, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. One on each yeah. side. And the Bible tells us that one of them looked to him after they saw everything that he endured. And he said, he said, remember me when you come into your kingdom." right? The thief on the cross that was beside him that came to him in those last minutes of his life was, was considered cold. He knew nothing about Jesus. He didn't, he didn't know any, but he recognized his need for Jesus there. Um, so, so like being kind of cold when Jesus says, I would rather you be hot or cold. You're sitting here thinking, why would, why would Jesus want me to be cold? Right, like I, I, I would think that he would want everybody to be hot, and you know he does want you to be fervent, right, and and to be hot and to be seeking after him. But instead of being lukewarm, he would rather you be cold because it's in the cold moments where we're distant from the Lord that we have the most opportunity of seeing our need for Him. Mm-hmm. And so the thief that was beside him on the cross that day realized he recognized his need for Jesus and up until that point he had been cold mm-hmm. but he became you know hot he came mm-hmm. toward Jesus in those last moments so that's your definition of cold is somebody who has no idea who Jesus is is like so far away has no need for him whatsoever mm-hmm. so doesn't even so, want to dabble yeah you know, so that so there's there's cold right but then we have hot so let's take the author of Revelation for a second. Let's take John. The one who Jesus John, loved. yeah. The, the, he, de- he declares himself in the gospel of John, the disciple whom Jesus loved. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, a powerful, that's a powerful example or, or imagery for you to even say about yourself because that shows us that John was so fervent for the Lord mm-hmm. that he declared himself Not only did he, he didn't say the disciple whom loved Jesus the most. Mm -hmm. He said the disciple whom Jesus loved because it was a relationship that had two parts to it. He knew that he loved Christ and he knew that Christ loved him. Mm -hmm. So when he talks about himself, he says, hey, I'm John, the one who Jesus loves. And uh, wasn't it even in the Last Supper, he was like, he laid his head on Jesus's chest or shoulder yeah. I can't remember but he was just loved him so much he yeah. was so there with he, him he enjoyed a rich relationship yes. Yes. as he walked with Christ and and even um you know the whole way through John you know I I love the gospel of John mm-hmm. because I love yeah. to read it because he sure. he talks about Jesus in such a relational manner yeah. that it's like man I want to be I want to be what the bible declares as hot Mm-hmm. you know, fervent for the Lord like John was. Mm-hmm. And so that brings us to the last 
the last category that we have, which is lukewarm. And the the best example for lukewarm that, that I've found, that I've come across, is is Judas. Mm-hmm. Right? We we have Judas. And and I wanted to I wrote this down because like I, I wanted to clearly communicate what it is that that w- what was said to, to make Judas be lukewarm. And it says, you know, but Judas was lukewarm, following Jesus enough to be considered a mm-hmm. disciple, but not giving his heart to Christ in its entirety. That so is I, I sit so... there and I thought and and you know, granted, let's let's not forget that at the very beginning of this, I wake up, I literally <laughs> just get out of bed, and then I come in and Jordan's like, hey, I've been praying for you. The Lord wants you to read Revelation chapter three. And so I'm like, you know, that early in the morning, I was sitting there going, what the heck's in Revelation chapter three? You know what I mean? So the I beast. immediately crack this open. And and she's like, it's it's more toward the end. It's it's the last church <laughs> at, the, at the end of the chapter. Guys, I didn't want to tell them. Guys, I'm, I'm literally diving in on this and I'm going, oh my gosh. Yeah, it's this. So this convincing. is just it's just wrecking. But you know, you have these three examples of, and Jesus is saying, "I would rather you be like the thief on the cross, or I would rather you be like John." But whatever you do, don't be like Judas, because I will spew you, mm-hmm. spit you, vomit you mm-hmm. out of my mouth. And so this requires reflection. the The, the whole idea. Of, of what we're trying to accomplish here today. And what wrecked me in this moment was, what is my relationship right now with Jesus? What does it look like? What's what it is look it? like? It, and and this, this, requires, um, this requires a lot of reflection. And, and it, even if you know, like, this answer is not going to be good. Yeah. It, it's okay. You have to know where you're at. Yeah. You, you have yeah. to. You can't deny because so many people deny where they're at. And they won't ask that question. What's my relationship look like with Jesus? What's my relationship with Jesus? They're not going to ask. They're going to be like, mm-hmm. well, well I, I love him. But have you fully given your heart to him? Yeah. And, and it it's going to hurt. <laughs> yeah. There's, <laughs> you know? there's, so many, there's so many great, powerful things about just these few verses right here in 14 through 22. There, there, there's so much that can that can speak to you, and we're just kind of going over like what immediately hit us as we were diving into this. Um, but I'm gonna go ahead and finish reading. We stopped at um, we stopped at 18, so I'm gonna finish reading 19 through 22. through 22 right now, just to finish it off because you don't want to stop right there. Because the the thing is that once we recognize where we are, that's not the end of it. Mm-hmm. That once we recognize, and, and listen, maybe you are finding yourself in a season right now where you're like John and you're like, man, I'm, I'm loving Jesus full throttle. You know, not only am I loving Jesus, but I know he's loving on me and, and I am, I am the disciple whom Jesus loved, you know, like maybe you're there. That's incredible. But let's say you're at the other two places. Let's say you're, you're either cold or you find yourself lukewarm right now. And this is where verses 19 through 22 come in in such a powerful way. Mm -hmm. And we recognize that Jesus is the hope of glory. And so in verse 19, it says says like this, Those whom I love, I reprove and I discipline. That doesn't sound fun 
And mm-hmm. that's not a good place to start. You're like, dang, discipline from the Lord? Yes, because like what Jordan talked about a second ago, gold is refined by fire. Yeah. We become disciples of the Lord through fire, through trials, through tribulation, and through discipline. And so so be zealous and repent. Woo, nobody likes that word. Anyway, no. verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. There it is. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him mm. and he with me. The one who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. And finally, verse 22, he who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. We can fully recognize, uh, we, can, we can be in a season of apathy for a long time. We can be in a season of lukewarm for a long time. And, you know, what, what, what I find most fascinating about the term lukewarm is a lot of times in the church, we use that as, as ways to point fingers at other people when this mm-hmm. is saying each of mm-hmm. you must, like, must, like, reflect on your own relationship yes. with the Lord to decipher where you're at. We like to look at other people and be like, oh well they don't come to church every Sunday. They don't they don't serve at their church. They don't they don't tithe. They don't do all these other things. They're oh they're lukewarm. They're just barely skating by it, backsliding. Yeah. It, this this is not this is not for us to point fingers at yeah. other people. This is a topic for reflection. Maybe one of the other churches that that John wrote a section to, maybe you identify more with that, but I still think that each one of these, especially with the church in Laodicea, we have to ask ourselves the question, what is my relationship with Jesus? Mm -hmm. And there's only three possible answers. And you have to be able to decipher at any given time, am I hot, cold, or lukewarm? And, and there's even, I wasn't even going to say this, but I think it's it's interesting. Because, yeah, most people, when they l- read about those seven churches listed in Revelation uh, chapter 2 and 3, they um, are like, yeah, I'm more like the Church of Philadelphia. I'm more like the Church of Laodicea. I'm more like this, more like that. And I was reading commentary, and it's very interesting, because a lot of commentators actually believe that the seven churches are the seven different ages that the church has been in. Um, starting from the very first one that's listed, which what's the very first one listed? Chapter two, all the way to Laodicea. So the Church of Ephesus. Ephesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ephesus, all the way to Laodicea. So suppose that if that is accurate, then we are in the Church Age of the Church of Laodicea. So even if you connect more, you know, with the Church of Ephesus or the Church of Philadelphia, I think it's really interesting because whenever we were talking about this, I heard the Lord say, this is the season of the one or the other. You have to decide, are you mm. hot or are you cold? You can't mm. be lukewarm anymore. It's very, it, it's, it's very, I, yeah, I just got chill bumps. Um, the spirit, <laughs> not just chill bumps, mm. but it, it's very important. You have to choose. You can't just say like, nah, I ain't lukewarm. I'm going to move on. But you have to you have to live hot or you have to live cold. There's there's no there's no more time for the lukewarm playing mm. playing games, sitting on mm. the fence, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, and and I just I love the I love the faithfulness because mm-hmm. uh, Jesus never leaves us hanging, right? Like the 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 first part of that section was like really it tough, hurt. and it was hard. <laughs> it was like a gut punch, but Jesus is always quick to sit there and say, "But behold, I'm standing at the door. I'm here, and I'm knocking. And if you know if you if you will let me in, I will dine with you, and you with me." And mm-hmm. I think about dining with a king, and we've talked hmm. about this many times on the podcast. At but the table. Like, you know, Psalms 23, he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Like, that's a big spread. It's like a boom. And Jesus is saying, like, not only am I going to come dine with you, but you with me. And that's what John was saying, I believe, when he says, I am the disciple whom, whom Jesus loved is he recognized the fact that not only do I get to dine with Jesus, but Jesus dines with me, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so it was, it was kind of powerful there, but I, I wanted to recap for a second on the, the city of Laodicea, right? We talked about this in the very beginning of the podcast. We talked about how it was a wealthy city. It was self-sufficient, yeah. right? When, when the city was destroyed, they asked for no help. They didn't want any help from the imperial government like, to rebuild. This. They're like, we got it. We're wealthy enough. We're going to do this ourselves. Mm-hmm. So there's an element of pride there, right? But yeah. here's, here's the thing. I believe that sometimes as Christians, we become so self-sufficient. Yep. And, and like, well, you know, our church does this or I do this. And like that, that we, we, we put in strategies and, and we put in systems that take the place of actually leaning in to the Holy Spirit and being like, Lord, what is it that you want me to do? Uh, we, we've become so self-sufficient that, that we are no different than, than the church of Laodicea, the, the city of Laodicea, that, that we think that we can just do this on our own. Well, mm-hmm. you know, I, can, I take my family to church, I do this, I do that, and, and we look at the works of it all and we've become completely self-sufficient. And when, when it says, I, I want you to be hot... Like John, it's saying fervently seeking after the face of Jesus mm. every single day with, with like, just do it, do a word study over the word fervent. Mm-hmm. Like just, just do it just like for the sake of you and your relationship with the Lord and your family, just, just look up, look up what fervent really means and it will change what your aspect is. It's, it's not about these outer works and but I also want to, uh, I also want to address this, because of the water system of Laodicea, right? We we talked about how they were susceptible to attacks, and oftentimes they would compromise their city. They would compromise themselves, and they would like bow down to other people and and like other false authorities in order to compromise so that they wouldn't be put in an uncomfortable situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the commentator that, that I was reading said that instead of standing up and fighting for what they knew to be true, they often turned a blind eye to stuff and mm-hmm. they looked the other way and they were like, oh, well, this isn't really, you know, this isn't my problem. I'm compromising what what my future could look like for what, what I want right now. Mm-hmm. And... Um, a lot of times, I think that as Christians, we have opportunities that are put before us where we can go, uh, we can recognize ourselves as self-sufficient or do do I compromise? Mm-hmm. Do I compromise in 
what I know to be true and what in my relationship with the Lord do I compromise in order to make someone else happy, in order to keep the peace, in order to um, look like a true disciple of Jesus? Am I compromising my relationship and walking in the Holy Spirit in order to make myself more comfortable? Mm-hmm. These, these are all questions that we have to ask. And so today, as we end this podcast, I, I just want to challenge you to go back into Revelation chapter 3, verses 14 through 22. Mm-hmm. Read it again. But before you dive into the words that are written in red, before you dive into those, mm-hmm. just say a simple prayer that says, Lord, highlight anything in me. Highlight, make these words jump off the pages to me because I'm telling you guys, this this woke me up. Mm-hmm. When I found myself in, in that, thinking about the future, I mean, like, why can't I do this? Why can't I blah, 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 like all this other junk that was clouding my mind. When, when the Lord used Jordan to send me to this specific passage, it literally woke me up out of the funk that I was in and was like, I have to, I have to get my temperature back up. Mm-hmm. That even makes me think about the, the um, quote from Nate Johnson from last week about distraction, mm-hmm. that distraction was the game, but we have to leave that behind. Yeah. I, I feel like so many, um, so many Christians um, or people that go to church, they, I, I see them like those birds that put their head in the sand. Mm, and what, yeah, what the sand is, the sand is your schedule. The sand is your kids. Mm. The sand is all the things you have to get done on your to-do list that even your time with the Lord has put on the to-do list and you've been checking it off. Mm. Um, there's, and this might sound harsh, but I just hear it. There's no more time for that. Mm. Mm. There's just not. Um, what was but, it that you said? It's either one or the other. Yeah. This is the season of it's either one or the other. Yeah. You can't. <laughs> Hot or cold. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Wow. So, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) It's pretty harsh. (laughs) But, I mean. Yeah, no, that's intense. So, there there it is. I hope hope that that everybody is able to take something away from today. And, or or maybe not like right now, but as you sit and you meditate Mm -hmm. on on the Word and and on Revelation chapter 3, go back in and read it for yourself. Ask the Lord to show you some things that 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 need to be done differently. I think that um, part of this refining process, right? If we are going to come out as gold, um, part of that is reading Scripture through the lens of Lord. Every time I open this yeah. up and I read it, what in me needs to change? What in me needs to die? What in me needs to to become lesser? Mm-hmm. What in me needs to decrease so that you can increase? And that is when we get to the place of such humility that all the inconsistencies, all the imperfections come to the surface and we're able to we're able to discard. And it, and it might be a journey that you go through for the rest of your life. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, refining doesn't have a time limit. Yeah. But in this season... Mm-hmm. We have to recognize, that's a good word, in this season we have to recognize it's either hot or cold. We have to choose. Yeah. So thank you guys for joining us today. 
Um, That's good. Yeah, we, we, we love you guys, and um, you know we'll see you right here, same time, same place, next week. See you then. See you. Bye. Noise. Noise.